Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the NBC Circling the Bases podcast, the official fantasy baseball podcast of NBC Sports Edge. I'm your host, Matt Williams. Joining me on the show for the weekend recap is Mr. Mike Curland. You may know him for his lineup takeaways on Twitter. You may know him for his daily uh, his daily work over at Roto uh, Baller. He does an entire uh, spreadsheet that's over on Twitter for free with pitch mix changes. He took a little of a hiatus because it's a lot of work. But again, he's everywhere. Mike Curlin, welcome to the show, buddy. Oh, man. I appreciate the intro. I love people do. Like, you're not the only person that says I'm everywhere. It, it's bittersweet i guess because i stretched myself thin but thanks for having me on man um yeah the the chart itself there's just stuff behind the scenes that's not working out we're trying to make changes to it as well because now that we're past just the first month i want to do month-to-month comparisons and all that and just take some time to get all that figured out but regardless thank you for having me on happy to be here let's talk some baseball uh, so before we get going here, uh, again, a lot of Mike stuff is on Twitter. It's, it's, it's really great. So make sure to follow him at Mike underscore Curland, the little underscore, make sure you get that in there and find him, follow him right now. And we're going to talk about the weekend in baseball and what we found to be relevant. Most of it's going to be pitching because, you know, over a weekend hitting, there's not a ton you can do unless, you know, like a player like Francisco Lindor woke up Maybe we could talk about the raccoon situation in in Queens. Uh, but, uh, other than that, uh, the big story, I guess, from the weekend is Jacob DeGrom. He left his start on Sunday with, I guess, they're, they're calling it lower back. He left with side tightness, and then they said it's radiating from his lower back. He had missed his last start and had this one pushed back because of side tightness. MRI showed that it was uh, it was his lat uh, inflammation in his lat muscle, which we know how tricky that can be. Of course, the Mets being the Mets, they bring him back. He, he was dominating in the game he was in. Five innings, one earned one hit, three walks, six strikeouts. He throws a couple of warm-up pitches to come out for the sixth. Doesn't feel right. Brings out the manager, brings out the trainer, and then they take him out. So, I mean, are you concerned here? I should say because they say it's nothing. But, again, the Mets. It's the Mets. We don't know. We know lap injuries can be a pain in the butt. I think that he has to go on the injured list no matter what, right? I mean, give him the 10 days of rest regardless. What do you expect here? And uh, if you are a DeGrom, you know, if you're a fantasy manager who has a share of DeGrom, um, how are you treating this? I don't think you can do anything when it comes to trading DeGrom or selling low. Like you There's can't. some people out there that think you, you should, for the record. There, I agree with you. There are people that think you should. Everyone, like half the pitching staff in the major leagues is on the IL, and you want me to get rid of the one that I could depend on when he's on the field? Mm-hmm. I get there's a chance that he might not be on the field, like, all the time, like especially in the near future, but still, DeGrom, he's still so great. I'm not trading him right now. I'm going to hold on to DeGrom, but this feels very Thor-esque. 
Cindergard, lat. Didn't didn't get an MRI initially. I'm fine. I'm gonna muscle it out. Went out and tore it off his body essentially. And although that didn't happen to Degrom, in at least from what we've heard, I still can't help but think like I feel like you know that's where my head goes. Same team, same situation. Obviously, I'm hoping for a different outcome. It doesn't sound like it's as severe. So right now, before I get any more news, maybe I'm even more likely to go buy because maybe you said there's people injured or injured. <laughs> yeah, well, there's obviously people people injured, but there's people as in fantasy managers concerned. This could be a good buy low window. And when I mean buy low, 80, 90 cents on the dollar still buying low, considering that DeGrom is arguably the most valuable pitcher in fantasy. Yeah, I mean, it could be. So there's some very well-known analysts, some ones that have a, a reputation uh, for, been... being, for being being afraid of injuries. That Oh, you know, okay. I there, there's, that some, there, there's some guys out there. Again, uh, it's not the elbow. It's not the shoulder. It's nothing like that. So, I mean, that's good. But anyone who plays fantasy baseball knows you hear oblique, you hear lat. It's almost as scary as the elbow for fantasies purposes not for real baseball obviously shoulder elbow that's real bad that's real bad long term but if you're if you are don't treat these with respect uh you can come back to bite you uh, jacob Degrom this year has been a little bit different no less dominant than he's ever been but i mean last year for example in 2020 he threw out a four seam fastball slider change up curveball and that was 44.9 percent four seam fastball 35 and a half percent slider 19 almost 17 percent change up and the curveball just like you know two and a half three percent of the time this year he's not throwing the curveball like at all the changeup has gone down from 17 to like 11 percent he's throwing the slider a little over 25 percent of the time he's throwing that four seam 62.6 percent of the time which is crazy which i guess if you can throw the ball 100 and 101 consistently um you want to try to get through outings quicker like go ahead and try to hit this I mean, a couple of people do on occasion and they'll just turn on one. But uh, do you think that like this, the, are you worried about like the way in which he's pitching could be an issue or, um, or just in general across the league? Because it's like, it's just like a ridiculous amount of, of, of four seam fastballs that are traveling at a hundred miles per hour. So uh, even if you think he's fine, the lad is fine. You think he'll come back. He'll be just as dominant as ever Win his third Cy Young, like he was on his way to doing maybe. Are you at all worried about a guy that throws this many freaking fastballs over one or miles an hour? <laughs> I think there has to be some obviously uh, some obvious built-in concern at this point because when you see Degrom trucking the ball, his average velocity on that fastball is 99 miles per hour. That's his average. So you mentioned he's touching 100 plus easily. We've seen it in games. Yeah, um, yeah you've got to, and I say it's average the average velocity because that's what he's is averaging the last couple starts, I should say. But regardless, yeah, that's. You gotta think that plays into him. Like he's throwing the hardest he's ever been throwing. What is he? Thirty-one years old. That's yeah. not typical for a thirty. He's thirty-two now. Well, there's also pitcher, the thing so. where he doesn't have as many innings oh, on I his know. arm. I mean, he came up as a shortstop, and then he had the time. I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't have anywhere near as many innings as someone his age should. So there is oh, there is I, that. I know. I get that. That's why. That's why I wasn't one of those fading him necessarily coming into the year. It's just, but still, at, at the age at age thirty-two, typically you're not seeing somebody entering their peak in terms of velocity. And Degrom's doing that, which is fantastic, and it just makes me—it just concerns me a little more than your average player running into that type of velocity. Because I'm sorry, but like I'm not 32 yet, but I'm, I can tell you, at 31 years old right now, I hurt my when I hurt myself, it's a lot harder to heal. I get hurt a lot easier, and I don't—I'm not throwing a baseball 100 miles per hour every day. I'm also not in shape the way he is to do it. <laughs> but you get my point though it's like i just feel like it's easier to get hurt as you get older so like a lat is a little more concerning especially from a guy who's throwing 
at his peak velocity in his career. So it almost seems like it could go hand in hand or, or Latin arm type of deal. But uh, yeah, but the good news is, is that he actually, you know, he started off the season, DeGrom, that is throwing 76%, 71%. Essentially, the percentages of his fastball usage has gone down almost every start, except and then it ticked back up a little bit last start, last start. 58.1% on the four seamer. So again, he, I think we, I think even he realized he had to back off a little bit, but like for a moment there, yeah, it was crazy. 70 plus percent fastball carrying a lot of that uh, usage rate. But yeah, I don't know. I think he'll be fine though. I think the fact that he was, you know, ticking down on the usage of the fastball will put less stress hopefully on everything because he won't have to throw as hard. But he, I don't know. He's also throwing out the pitchers hard. Uh, well, see, people complain about anything because the thing, that's to, the thing that puts stress on your arm, you're supposed to be like, you know, like if you throw too many sliders, you know, that'll put too much stress on your arm. You throw too many curveballs, that's stress on your arm. Fastballs are supposed to be like the least amount of stress. But apparently if you throw them too fast, it's too much stress on your arm. I mean, well, pitching is stress on your arm. You can't worry about stuff like this. If You know, at a certain point, you just, you know, you're worried about everything. Um, yeah. Before we move on to Wade Miley, Mm. who everyone you know everyone's favorite pitcher uh, a word uh for all of our listeners if you are interested in the premium content over nbc sports edge use the promo code basis 10 get 10 percent off all the premium services for nbc sports edge uh either monthly or annual all the different tiers and it's not just for mlb it's for uh, nba nhl nfl uh so it's a great value and it just uh doesn't help you just play baseball it helps your hands in all the sports so if you use the book the uh, promo code basis 10 get 10 percent off and also go to the app store apple or android download the nbc sports edge app it's a roto world app you always used to love except it's upgraded turn on all your favorite teams your favorite sport gets all push note push notifications i had someone ask me on twitter Matt, what is the best way to get uh, the up to, most up-to-date prospect news when people are being called up? And I said, well, you can follow like every beat reporter, which I do, uh, but there's like four, four or five per team you want to follow or download the NBC Sports Heads app. And then you can turn on the notifications for baseball and get stuff pushed to you like that. So getting back into the show, Wade Miley, no hits, the uh, no hits, the Cleveland Indians. There's now been six no-hitters this year, unofficially. You don't count Madison Bumgarner's, which didn't count. There's five. I believe the all-time record is seven in a season. Just let everyone know how absurd it's been. Uh, Wade Miley's is actually the first. There's been no perfect games, but it's funny. Every no-hitter up until now had been um, a, had been a no-hitter, but no walks were allowed. It had been uh, it, it had been like hit by pitch. Or there was someone who there was an error in one game and uh, another one where, you know, there's obviously the what happened in John Means game, the uh, the pass ball. <laughs> so there's a, there's there's different things. Strike. going Strike. So this that, is the, that's the stupidest rule in baseball. Well, go ahead. Yeah, this is the first no hitter this year where there's actually no hitter because there was a walk. Wade Miley to most people, including myself, off the top of your head, it's 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 Wade Miley. If you look into his stats, he's, he actually has been pretty good um, as far as like weak contact goes. 29.4% hard hit contact, 203 Woba. I mean, all this stuff is top 10%, top 5% in the league. So for what he does, he's doing it exceedingly well so far, but it's still weighed Miley. And we you know with the strikeout rate under 20%, I don't know how necessarily useful he's going to be in fantasy. Uh, give, give me your thoughts on Wade Miley long-term because he'll peek his head out and be good every once in a while. But I mean, I think, I think I said this on Twitter earlier. I mean, now that he's thrown a no hitter, we probably need to take these new baseballs and, and throw them into the side. 
Can we throw Wade Miley into the sun with him? Um, <laughs> why is he? Why? No, not, not Wade Miley. Just, is it the cre- Is it the creepy stare? I love that stare. It's the the Reds that. actually posted that during. I like, saw the that. It was hilarious. It's so creepy. Um, no offense, looking, Wade Miley. I mean, I think that's the joke. It is creepy. Yes, and I'm joking <laughs> about throwing him into the sun because the dude's on fire. All right. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I, I could turn these puns around, right? Um, you look at his stats, and you're right. He's allowed more than two earned runs in a game once this season so far. Yeah. And that was against the Cleveland Indians of all teams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so no, I mean, but, so, yeah, so anyone thinking, like, this is just an anomaly, like, he's been bad. He hasn't been bad. Uh, and, he's actually been very good. <laughs> and we forget that. Or maybe we don't forget, or maybe we want to forget, but Miley, was it 2019? Was it? He was he had like a low three ERA entering the final se- final month of the year. Yeah, it got blown up in that final month so bad it made his overall line look bad. But he was pretty solid, just a solid, almost like a set him and forget him roster stabilizer. Way Miley was, and we all drafted not we all, but I remember p- people like Justin Mason were kind of big on him coming into twenty twenty. And as a late round guy, you can just plug in, and he just didn't do anything in twenty twenty for us. So we, we kind of just let him go into twenty twenty one unrostered. Uh, nobody wanted to. Like in the deepest of leagues, he was picked up in reserve rounds at best. And he's reminding us that he's not that bad, but he's just, he's nothing special. Wade Miley is just Wade Miley. He is the definition of meh, but that's well, okay. Well, that, that has where, uses. Picture where Wade Miley was going in 2020. Like, obviously, this year he wasn't really drafted, but John Means was talked up this year. He was still going pretty late, not yeah. that much different than where Wade Miley was going before 2020, except John Means has the stuff to throw a no hitter. Mm-hmm. He throws one. I completely believe it. I think I believed in his the most. I mean, his was weird, though. I mean, to be fair, Carlos Rodon was mowing people down at the very end. But of, like, anyone who's thrown one so far, like, well, legitimately, uh, I, I mean, well, go ahead. No, say I believe in Rodon's as much, too. I mean, I know Rodon, Rodon was just a feel-good story, comes back, multiple injuries, DFA, got signed for the – he's on a contract year, throwing the, high, the hardest he's ever thrown, the velocity's there. Rodon, I'm whole – wholeheartedly buying into mm-hmm. so that that no hitter random but i also am buying in wait that was against the indians too wasn't it was that against the i was it was against the Indians. <laughs> they, had that, they had that big thing where uh dive back in the first base to they they're the the dueling uh play at first at the very end of the game right and i remember him uh hit i think it was uh roberto perez he hit in the foot oh yes 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 it was that's how I remember that. Yeah. Indians, Indians you Which, are by terrible. the way, Indians get no hit, no hit, and then Luis Castillo, they destroy. That says a lot more about Luis Castillo, I think. Yeah, than I mean, anyone who knows Michael Simeon, SP streamer, if you want to follow him at SP Streamer on Twitter. He has us. He has a uh, his his own website, which you can go check out. It's a lot of great information. They had a uh, they have a forum and a couple of his own uh, people that are in there pointed out that Luis Castillo maybe he was tipping his pitches. A lot of people thought he may have been doing something, but uh, there, there's some information they put on Twitter as far as like how he's setting up in the uh, in the windup and where he's putting his gloves. And I'm just speculating, like, if, if I mean, if this is known, if you're if you're seeing it, like us at home, you're seeing this, and other major league teams are seeing this. How come it hasn't gotten to the Reds? I mean, if they if other teams can exploit it and you can't fix it, I mean, there's a problem. That being said, after Castillo's last game, which wasn't a huge blow up like it usually is, it's actually like an acceptable bad outing for how bad he some of his has been. They said that they've identified the problem and they are working a way to fix it. So hopefully that's it, because the underlying stuff looks okay. Um, so anyway, moving off Castillo to an actual Cleveland Indian, Zach Plesac, who started off really poorly. He had a fantastic outing, eight innings, no earned, three hits, no walks, seven strikeouts versus the Reds. Very good lineup. 
Uh, do you think Zach Plesak is back? Because his slider is fantastic. Negative sun, negative seven run value, which, you know, if this is something I love to explain different things. If you want to go into baseball savant, baseballsavant.com, you can go into some of the leaderboards uh, for pitch arsenal stats. You can go in and see individual pitches, and they have something on there called run value, which is essentially they weigh each pitch. Like it's it's a by pitch metric based on uh, if there's runners on base, the uh, the the count, you know, if there's how many balls and strikes, like the situation of the game. So when like if you get an out, how you get an out, it weighs it differently. And his slider is a negative seven, which is like puts it as like I think a top ten pitch in all of baseball. So he's obviously doing really well with that. But um, anyway, as I'm rambling here, Zach Plesac was a popular sleeper coming in that people were really paying for. Like they were paying for him to be, I think he was going around where Corbin Burns was in drafts, where Kenta Maeda was, just to give a general idea where Lance Lynn was. So uh, Zach Plesak, do you think he'll end up kind of sticking closer to what we just saw? Or do you think he was an overpay like he looked like in his first couple of starts? Uh, I'm truly torn on how I should feel about Plesak. You just look at like you right at this point. I'm still looking at who the who who he played and what's going on. And the problem is, is even if he has shown success, please that keeps running into the same teams, <laughs> Detroit, uh, twice. The Whites, which usually which shouldn't be a bad thing, which hasn't been two and runs total in those two games. The White Sox three times. Whoever like, set up these schedules are stupid. Yeah. By the way, it's ridiculous. So like he's everyone worked. loved the San Diego LA games, and like most of them are gone because we've seen them all already. Space them out. And on top of that, yeah, you mentioned it. These are all division games. So this is the, he faced teams that, albeit, shouldn't be like they should know him better than other teams. But he also faced the White Sox before the injuries. So he faced the White Sox three separate times. The last time being the most injured team, being the most successful. So hopefully, maybe you know he saw enough of them to get that out of his system. But I don't know. I want to believe that he's turning. He's turning like it's going in the right direction at this point. We haven't seen the strikeouts be what we'd hope them to be, so hopefully that'll turn around. Because even in this start, he only got seven strikeouts in eight innings. But please, like, if he could just be what he's been in the last two—I mean, no one runs last two outings. I think the big thing is the zero walks because the big, yeah, we, I was say no walks. The command or the thing we that you want to buy into, and and that was that disappeared. As long as he can, as long as the pristine command is there, I think people will be perfectly happy. Even if he puts out just a, a nine K per nine would be perfectly fine. As long yeah, as the but, zero walks stick around, but you weren't drafting him to be perfectly fine. You were drafting him as your SP two. Well, I guess in that's some the deeper leagues. Are SP3 you willing, are, if you had, if you were willing, if you could take it right now, you drafted Plesak, you can pull the rip cord and you can just sail in with a nice, easy three and a half ERA nine K per nine. Would you just take that? Um, you know, or maybe above a three, five, you know, three, eight, so like something Lance like that. Nice. Yeah, and then, well, Lynn, Lynn maybe do a little better, but no. Would you be fine? You get my with point that? though. It's pretty much you, what you. Yeah, or would you? Or would you want to bank? Would you want to gamble? Do you think? Do you think that there's more in the tank there? Do you think that uh, this is just he's going to be like a nice little three starter, like you know, for a major league team? I I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with. Oh goodness, this is so hard because I know it's gonna be this. Whatever I say now is gonna stick, right? This is how it's gonna. This is how it works. I back people in the corner. You'll notice I won't give an answer. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, goodness, I'm gonna go with him being more of SP three for your fantasy teams. Kind of where you got him. I, I think he'll return. I think he'll finish off being roughly that player. Yeah. <sighs> And I don't say that confidently because I do want to <laughs> see more, but he did increase the usage of his curveball in this last start 
up to eight uh, 15.2 percent from 11.8 percent so a little more usage and that curveball has been really solid this year it's yeah. you know no batting average against it so obviously that means he hasn't given up a hit against it so far oh sorry i lied that was <laughs> i'm looking at the game that was oof, i'm all over the place that's not true but the curveball last game i should say was really effective in terms of not giving up hits he was able to get three strikeouts on it he was able to have a 25 percent whiff rate with it so he's he, he was able to have – it was just more effective overall in his last start. And if he can pair that curveball, please tag that is, compare that curveball with the slider you mentioned being so good and then just be league average with a fastball or changeup, like we have the three pitches again. And you pair, you mentioned please tag having, you know, with a good command there. Command plus the curveball plus the slider plus anything else. It, it's reason for optimism. And because I have the optimism, I'm going to say he's a SP3 type still. Okay. No, I, I believe that. <laughs> with, with like a, with like a wince, you see like you see like my face. Anybody who's watching it or anything, you just see me like I'm squinting. Like, oh, I don't know if I, I don't know. But I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna go ahead and say SP3 type. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, as we're 20 minutes into a half-hour show, we've covered three pitchers. You're welcome. Uh, we'll try to move it along a little bit. Sean Manea, yes. a guy who's thrown another no-hitter. Um, he almost he was on pace to throw one in the in this game. He goes seven and a third, one earned, two hits, ten strikeouts versus the Rays. His velocity's up this year. He's ditched the slider, and he's basically going with his sinker changeup curveball. He has an over 40% whiff rate on both that changeup and curve, using the sinker to set everything else. We know what he's been in the past. We've seen how good he is. He looks better than ever. The whole thing with him is health. This is nothing. I have a police act chair. I don't have too many. I think I maybe have one. If I knew Manaya was healthy and you guaranteed it to me, I'd rather have him than Zach police act. Unfortunately, a huge deal with Manaya is the health and you cannot guarantee it. And uh, it's very unlikely, sadly, that he can make it through an entire season. At some point, you think they're going to have to dial it back for him at some point. Um, you know, not rooting for that, of course. I love this, you know, I love watching this guy pitch. But what do you think of Manaya? I mean, he look he he looks fantastic. Uh yeah, I think I think he's been an absolute steal to this point in drafts. And you should I mean, where he was drafted, right? Or yeah, it was exactly that's the whole point. Um, would you I'm trying to think, could you uh, I doubt you could see that's why I'm trying to, I, I hate buy low so high offers, but it's like you gotta have to speed this up along. You're right. I apologize. Uh, I'm gonna buy it. For now, and just but I'm more likely to hold on and ride the wave, man. Pitching's been tough to come by, and 
I'm not always like it's okay to bank the production as even if it doesn't last all year. Bank what you can get, and then it is what it is. I would buy. I would buy because I think if someone has him, they may be happy with the production they had. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what the someone would be willing to let him go for. I'm so I'm not gonna, I, I don't know what the comp would be, but um, whoever does have him, you can budge him away. That injury concern is there, and it's there enough where you can pry him away. So I believe. You have to be set up elsewhere. If you're desperate for pitching, he might be a good target because if he stays healthy, he could, you know, he could be a savior for you. It's almost like a desperation move. You don't want to give up something you need, but if you really need pitching, you know, and someone else has him as their number three or you know, number their four or five, maybe you can get him away. I, I believe in what he's doing. It's just a matter of health. Yeah. And again, time. it goes back to Manaya just He's, I feel like he's just solid and safe. He's kind of boring, which is fine. Boring is okay, especially in 2021 with nobody staying healthy. Give me boring all day. And all right. I think, and I do think buying high, last thing I'll add real quick, because I, I do think buying high on him is still buying at an appropriate cost, like you mentioned. Um, speaking of injuries, Mason Saunders, a.k.a. Madison Bumgarner, he's looking really good this year. Obviously, the fake no-hitter over seven innings after 2020 where he's just atrocious setting like some career worse, like barreled almost 15% of the time uh, batters were hitting like, and it was expecting batting average over 300 against him this year, significantly better. And in not just in terms of like, you know, having the no hitter out of nowhere. I mean, he's just, he's just looking, he's just looking better. <laughs> uh, his fastball is up from 88 from 88.4 last year. This year it's sitting around 90.6 and he start by start. He seems to be heading inching into the Madison Bumgarner of old. Not that we ever expect him to fully get there, but um, this isn't a situation where he kind of like, you know, peaked his head up and then went back into a hole. I, I think he's usable and maybe usable for the rest of the season. So, I mean, what, what say you on Mason Saunders? Does anyone know if anyone forgets that? I say that all the time as if everyone remembers. That, of I course, is his, his stage name for where he was injured riding a, a bull, I believe it was. I mean, it was the motorcycle accident was the first injury, and then bull riding was the second one. It was his stage name, Mason Saunders. So Madison Bumgarner, what are your thoughts? I think he's, I mean, he's been really solid of late, and he's still been rather unlucky if you look at some of his underlying metrics. He's not going to be who he was. Mason Saunders, aka Mad Bum, as as we've come to know him, but you know he's still due to regress positively in in his strand rate. XERA, FIP, XFIP are all lower than his ERA. The velo is up. The pitch mix has changed. I'm gonna say he's usable. I'm gonna say if you have him on your roster, ride it. I don't think you can sell high because no one's buying, and I would. I know I wouldn't come buying, but if I have him, I'm holding on, and I'm gonna play it out and see how it goes because I know he's been better than expected lately and i think a lot of it is like you mentioned it's kind of he's kind of becoming oh. who we who, who he's always been whiff rate on his fastball is double whiff rate on his curveball is double <laughs> i and mean it goes, back to, it goes back to the velo i mean a lot of it could be just velo change and pitch mix change and the reason why his stats look so bad look at those first three starts six earned runs five earned runs six earned runs since then one zero one one four starts one earned run or less in all four and it's, it's at Miami, home against Colorado. Two good matchups right there. So that's not that helps that helps his case. At Atlanta, though, that's a tough one. And at Washington, I'm not sure which Washington team he faced, the good or the bad, in terms of health, but still not the easiest matchup. So I'd say mm -hmm. two of those are tough. The last two have been cakewalks. We'll see what happens because the first three blow-ups were at San Diego, yikes, at Colorado, of course, and home against Oakland. 
So it's almost like he's pitching. So maybe he's matchup dependent. Look at these matchups. The only one that. Oh, yeah. Should, he's, he's not someone you wheel out there against everybody. Right now, five straight, uh, four straight starts with at least five innings. Yeah. With with an earned runner less in each one, only one earned runner less in each one of them. I would say he's not a must start, but I mean, it's hard to see myself not putting him in my lineup, especially while he's running this hot. For, so anyone, yeah, mad for, anyone, skept, for anyone skeptical, I would say, like, what are you worried about? Um, <laughs> Going into the season, the, the velocity was down, and he was. We didn't know if he'd be the same after the injuries. He's he's now further away from those injuries. We saw how bad he was last year. The velocity's up. We know he knows how to pitch. He's Madison freaking Bumgarner, one of the best big game pitchers of all time. So he's rolling. He looks good. His stuff's playing. What what are you worried about? I mean, I think if you just kind of look at what's in front of you, he looks like a safe bet. <laughs> I mean, as as strange as that sounds, you just you got to keep expectations in check as far as you don't want to put him at cores or maybe versus the Dodgers right now. But uh, yeah, I, he, I think he's safe. I, I mean, I'm sure he'll go out there and get barreled for 15 runs to make me look like a like an idiot right me now. Me too. I just said keep him. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I, I like it. Um, speaking of speaking of weird results, Adrian Hauser, who's basically known for weak contact in a sinker ball, which uh, we talked about run value, negative nine run value on his sinker. It's a great pitch. One of the best, most effective pitches in baseball as far as getting stuff done. He goes out there versus the Marlins, six innings, two earned, 10 strikeouts. That's not his thing. I think his, this is the most strikeouts of the year. His second most was seven strikeouts against the Marlins, <laughs> incidentally. Um, but then before that, it's like three, three, four, three. Like he doesn't strike people out. So is this something where, I don't know, apparently the Marlins just like can't figure out Adrian Hauser because he had a ton of whiffs on his sinker, which that's something that generates contact. Uh, so is this just like he had two great starts, both against the Marlins? Or do you think that maybe the, you know, he had a cheering section going into like before last year and then he got bombed. Do you think there's something here? Could he be a poor man's Kyle Hendricks? Like, like just looking at like the caper nine is kind of in line. The ratios are kind of there. Like, like he's kind of just like, I mean, that's not. A good he, had, he had more of a cheering. He had more of a cheering section pre 2020 than Corbin Burns did. Well, Corbin Burns was also not a starting pitcher at pre 2020. Well, no, no. You know what I mean though? Like a cult <laughs> thing. Like Hauser, like he had a big back. I remember there I was, was a, in on him. There was a second. It's kind of like Adrian. It was like Aaron Savali's section this year. It's like a similar thing. Uh, listen, I refuse to give up on Savali ever or Tony Disco. I, those will always be my guys. Disco, but, he's going for a Cy Young at the moment. I want. Pff, yes, please. All right. But anyway, back to Hauser. I get again, another guy. Kidding, that, we're kidding. We're kidding. Of course. No, we're not. I'm not. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, of course I'm kidding. Um, yeah, he's still getting hit. You know, even without giving up all these runs, he's still getting tagged for home runs every single game. So I feel like some of that's just going to end up turning into more and in runs. I don't know. I'm not completely buying in right now with Hauser. But, I mean, again, just kind of trot him out there and see what happens. He also faced the Miami lineup that I'm assuming, I'm again, I would have to go back and look at actual lineups, but Marte's been out with injury. Chisholm's been out with injury. Alfaro's been out with injury. You see where I'm going with this team. And the team isn't that great anyway on offense and it hurt pains me to say because i'm a if he's, i mean forget about la colorado i mean to give my opinion if he's if he, if, if hauser's going to philly i'm not starting him no and this <laughs> the start in philly he had four uh two earned runs but four runs total given up only two strikeouts like other than the other than what the decent era like even then he was he overperformed i don't know he's overperforming a lot i would say and i would just well, stream him 
let's go to the let's go to the team he dominates for a sinker baller with more strikeouts this year that you can depend on. And his name is Sandy Alcantara. Seven innings, one earned, five hits, six strikeouts in his latest start here on Sunday. Leads Major League Baseball in innings, which shouldn't be a surprise. Uh, he's a, he throws gas, which always surprises people when you you talk about a guy who likes to pitch to contact. He has six four three tattooed on his arm. I mean, that's what the guy's about, ground balls. But he has a ton of velo, and he's picking up the pace with the strikeouts this year. He looks fantastic. His changeup is a fan, is a great pitch. It's actually his best one so far. Has a one of those run values, a negative four. So uh, that is uh, his, his bread and butter so far as far as getting stuff done. So you're a Marlins fan. Uh, I love all the, the 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 baby fish. I think as as I think Paul Sporer calls them the uh, Pablo, Sandy, uh, who uh, Sixto's coming back. Rogers, you got you got a whole line of people down there. So, but we're here to talk about Sandy. Tell us about Sandy. Man, how do you not love this guy? And you mentioned, dude, the dude throws cheese, man. And he that actually surprises he's... people when I tell people he throws like ninety eight. <laughs> like, yeah, he, like his his average exit his uh, wrong side of the ball here. His average velocity on his fastball, uh, Alcantara has it's gone up like almost uh, almost a full tick, about 0.7 miles per hour, mm-hmm. which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're going from ninety six nine to ninety seven six, that looks that's oh, it's point seven. I can't do math, but there we go. You get my point. <laughs> uh, regardless, so he's gone up a tick. Almost a tick on his velocity on the sinker, the four-seamer. And he's changing his pitch mix up. Last year in 2020, Alcantara threw the sinker the most, followed by the four-seamer, and only 10% of change-ups. Now he's throwing 23.5% change-ups. The four-seamer is the most thrown pitch at 27.1% with the sinker falling in between. He's turning in, and he throws four pitches 20% or more of the time. He's a four-pitch pitcher, which you only need three pitches to succeed. He has a four-pitch pitch uh, arsenal that he utilizes properly. He's keeping the fastballs a little more in the zone than I like, but at least he keeps it up towards the top half of the zone, which allows him to play up better. And with that velocity, that is what you want to see. You want to see him utilize the top of the zone with those with those you know high heat fastballs. So you're getting that. He's dominating with this this changeup of his. He started throwing more. It's been like it's great. Line, it's unhittable. Almost Pablo, Pablo too. It was a great. They they were it's both the great pitches thing. last year. They're just throwing them more. The I Marlins mean, like to do this with pitchers. They like yeah, to develop changeups. Fastball changeup. It's like the best thing you can do. And he has two fastballs. You're throwing your sinker, but then you're mixing your four seamer, which are you know have completely different movement. But they're coming in at like 97, 98 miles an hour. All of a sudden, you have this dipping changeup coming in at 91, 92. It's dangerous, and uh, you know he's showing you why. And the changeup. Is ninety one point six miles per hour. I'm pretty sure if we look up John Means' average fastball velocity, might be the same. <laughs> for for hold on for what? Alcantara's changeup is ninety one point six miles per oh, hour. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That is a John Means <laughs> fastball for what it's worth. I'm almost uh, positive. So we're gonna end the show one final pitcher, Dusty Baker. We're gonna have to wait a little for this. Dusty Baker says Fran Valdez could return in June. <sighs> you know he broke his finger in spring training. And he pitched another inning with it. <laughs> that and that was against the Mets. So I'm watching it. So I watched that. I didn't think anything was wrong. And all of a sudden he comes out. Oh no, he dinged his finger. And then it's like he's out for the year. And now you know, then he's ahead of schedule. And now he's coming back in June. We don't know what the heck to think. I get asked questions about him all the time. I don't know what to tell you, everybody. Uh, this is such a strange situation. He doesn't throw very hard. Um, and. I, I think this is something you should come back from. If I had to make a guess, I'd say he comes back and he's fine. 
I, I was a strong believer in what he could do. It was kind of weird because it was like, he, you know, he has like the, you know, he threw like the, the sinker and the curveball. It's basically like this two pitch mix, but the, the sinker by itself wasn't like a really fantastic pitch, but when used in tandem with the curveball, which is a nasty pitch, he was kind of a devastating pitcher and he made it work. And because of the way he was able to get walks, cut down his walks and he increased his strikeouts. He just had the kind of this magical season. I believed him more in the strikeouts than I did the walk, or I believed more in the walks coming down than I did the strikeouts because I think for him to be successful, he needs to be more in the zone. But here nor there, Framber Valdez, do you believe? Uh, did you believe? And do you believe when he comes back? Is he some guy you'd want to stash if you're desperate for pitching if he was dropped? If he was dropped, yes, I would stash him. And that's coming from a guy who was actually out on Framber Valdez coming into the year prior to the injury even. I was having a hard time buying into a guy suddenly getting that command under control after sh literally showing us a pretty long track record of having issues with said command. He would flash it here and there, sub three walks per nine on occasion in the minors. But then what going back to 2018 and AAA, like he was not able to get his walks really under three, under a three walks per nine, which that just, I'm like, that screams, that scares the crap out of me. And then he, in 2019, he comes up has a 5.6 walks per nine and i'm not saying a player can't get better but to improve from a 5.6 to a 2.04 in 2020 which now i'm sorry but it's getting to a point where i'm almost throwing out 2020 for a lot of players so that includes framber valdez like i'm kind of thinking like not say, not saying well, throw well, it well, out. why why we can't just get by that well i'm not saying just throw it out why am i throwing out 2020 for a lot of players i'm seeing how pointless it was half the stuff like half the stuff you took is in terms of analysis half it didn't stick and i don't know if that's because there's a change in the ball a change in the approach or just this a ball full is, off season this ball's a joke i there's just a lot i saw a, i saw a ball today that i thought was 450 feet gone off the bat like kablam i don't can't remember who hit it and it was on sunday uh, and, and it died at the warning track. I mean, that thing about the exit velocity being up and the drag being there, I, I don't need to look at all the freaking scientific measurements, people getting out their protractors with the freaking baseball. You just watch games. You see these, these balls, balls are you dying. Hear them. If, they you are, hear these balls. if they are in the, I mean, line drives are one thing. If they get some air under them, they die. They just die. And maybe that, so then maybe that benefits Framber. Like he can be, if he, if he's going to hit live in the zone a little bit and allow hitters to hit him, that's going to benefit him. It's not benefiting Hendricks, but it's going to benefit Framber. That's one but, thing that could because sinker ballers, I mean, talk to John, uh, John L, MLB moving averages. He has this whole theory where sinker ballers are really getting hurt this year. Not everybody, uh, but uh, just in general, like the softball guys are really not doing well so far so i mean that would not be good news for Framber valdez you have to ask john more about that but but i am like i said i just i wasn't that, i was always concerned the walks were scaring me I, it was like a lot of people you either had to be in or out at his adp and i was just out because i wanted more of a track record with valdez so yep. that's really what it is with me is i i the lack of track record the lack of success and a two-pitch pitcher i don't like two-pitch pitchers now could he come back with a third sure i want to see it first though but regardless there's a lot going on there a lot that just between that and I don't know how much to take away from 2020 in terms of it being real, only 70 innings. I mean, he's coming off back-to-back 70.2-inning -back seasons, which is interesting. So it's like how much will he even get a chance to pitch coming off the injury uh, with no real track record of like a huge – I mean, he has thrown a good amount of innings in 2018. I shouldn't say no huge. Uh, I'm, I'm not adding really well tonight. 2019 is all right too. So maybe the innings won't be a concern. I don't know, man. I'm just – other than the innings though, I'm just – I guess it comes down to the command and the – 
that I don't know if I buy it, man. I don't know. I'm, I'm afraid. Should I, why sh- tell me why I should buy it? Like, I don't know. The track record's not there, and I want track record with a guy I don't think offers much upside other than, especially if right if, now you don't necessarily have to buy because if he's available and you have the space, yeah. you, you well, know, I'm at pre draft. I forgot all my reasons. You have to remember, draft season's over, so I, all the stuff I, I had in my head coming into the season is kind of out of my head. So I'm trying to remember why I didn't like him, but I'm just looking. I think I think honestly, it came down to lack of track record and ADP prior to injury, and those two combinations for me didn't make sense. Kind of like Plesac, same same thing, lack of track record and and cost to acquire. The two didn't compute in this little brain of mine. <laughs> All right, so that's where we're gonna leave it. As we oh, ran a, we ran a little we ran a little long here. Uh, Mike, thanks for joining us on the uh, on circling the bases. Tell everyone again. We we hit it at the beginning. We'll hit it at the end. Where they can find you on Twitter. Where they can find all your work. Oh uh, yeah, you can find me. Uh, you follow slash find me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. Uh, yeah, I'm Don't there. find him. He doesn't want you to find him. Uh, debatable. I'm, I'm a nice guy, right? Uh, again, but I appreciate that. Uh, you can, again, all my work's on rotoballer.com. But again, if, if you follow me on Twitter, I share it on Twitter anyway. I tweet a lot about, about random stuff, stats, players, etc. So yeah, you can just come check out my work there. All right. And everyone follow me on Twitter at Matt Williams, M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-M-S. MVC circling the bases. <laughs> Make sure to download, subscribe to the show, rate five stars. We're here five days a week. Drew will be back tomorrow with the power rankings along with Janice. So uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. See you, everybody. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.